y'all, it's Betsy with the Dickey Foundation, and you're listening to Dickey's Doing Good, the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in the community. I'm thrilled because my guest today is Lauren Martinson, who's an animal services officer with the town of Snowmass Village in Colorado. She's been with the town of Snowmass for about two years, and prior to that, she was actually part of Snowmass Ski Patrol for eight seasons, including one in Argentina. Thanks so much for joining me today, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Well, so for those folks who don't know you quite as well as I do, tell us about yourself, uh, your work with Snowmass Animal Services, and how you came to be where you are. Yeah, so I grew up in Snowmass Village, actually, and never thought I'd move back here to live, but my family's (laughs) here, and it's such a great place. Um, After college, I lived in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, kind of doing the ski bum thing. Um, (laughs) Lasted for a couple years, then came back here and joined the Snowmass Patrol, got my EMT, and that was a wonderful job. Um, but I was just kind of ready for a little bit of a career change and was approached by the Snowmass Police Department about uh, maybe taking over this job. The, my predecessor had the job for 25 years, so it was quite an honor that they thought of me. So I applied and got it and here I am. Well, and you said you've got a coworker who's been there 25 years as well. Yeah. <laughs> so people come and they stay with Snowmass Animal Services. Yeah, must must mean something good, so. Very cool. So tell me about the work that you all do in in Snowmass Animal Services and and how it might differ from kind of animal control in Texas or in big cities. Sure. So I think kind of the terminology has evolved over the years in places like this from animal control to more animal services, animal safety, um, or even kind of called community response officers at this point. Um, But yeah, more or less, we're protecting the animals from the people and the (laughs) people from the animals. Um, And luckily in a place like this, a a more affluent community, people take such great care of their animals. So the majority of the domestic issues are, you know, dogs off leash or people not picking up dog poop. Um, There is kind of the the few and far between, you know, cruelty cases and some of those things that tug on the heartstrings a little bit more. Um, And then we also do any sort of response to wildlife issues that come up in the village. So um, we set up a big closure um, for elk calving in Mm -hmm. the spring, and then we also do a winter closure for their feeding habitat. So that um, is definitely one of my more favorite things to be a part of, kind of protecting that habitat and making sure their populations are sustainable. Um, But yeah, if there's sick or injured wildlife, people typically call us and uh, we take the next steps, so. Well, and you all get some more dangerous wildlife than we get in Dallas up we here. Do. So, you, <laughs> yeah. whether whether it's bear break-ins or mountain lions, that sort of thing that you all deal with, how how do you deal with that? Definitely. So, we're pretty lucky here in that we have kind of some larger predators in our backyard. I think it's terrifying for some people, but it's also pretty special to be able to look out your window and see those things. Um, so, we actually stay pretty busy with black bears mm-hmm. and snowmass. Um, and our main focus is trying to keep them out of human trash or anything that would attract them and be an unnatural food source because they're so such opportunists and they're such good learners that they figure out pretty easily, wow, I can find food in this dumpster. If I open the door to these houses, I can go get ice cream. So <laughs> that actually that actually happened to my parents. My parents live up here and they had a bear a couple years ago that opened a sliding door walked right all the way through the living room. This was in the middle of the night, walked through the living room, went to the freezer, yeah. pulled out a pint of Haagen-Dazs, proceeded to eat that, and then leave. 
They're so smart and they have such good taste. I mean, <laughs> they don't go for the Budweiser, they go for the IPA and they don't go for the, you know, Kroger ice cream, they go for the- So the bears drink beer too? Yeah, anything and everything with a scent, they'll go for it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we, we try and prevent it from getting to that level, um, primarily with education. So we have a lot of construction sites that have open roll off dumpsters. So we'll kind of make the rounds and peek in and educate the contractors and just try and stay ahead of it. So what's the scariest situation that you've, you've been in? So it sounds like you encounter bears on a regular. Yeah, you know, luckily in my couple summers here, the bears have been pretty well behaved. I think a lot of that is tied to, you know, their natural food source and kind of what climate year we've had and how much rain and um, what they're able to find and forage naturally on. Um, but the past couple of summers have been pretty good for that. So uh, I think on one incident, we responded to a bear in a home and the police officers will join us and appropriately haze the bear, you know, kind of that negative feedback idea um, where it's enough to deter them from maybe coming back. <laughs> so. So, so you get, you get a call and the police, the police are there and you're going there in your capacity as animal services and there's a bear in the house. What do you do? So we make sure that everyone is able to exit the house safely um, and then create exits for the bear. Um, I mean, if the bear decides to crack open that IPA and maybe watch some real housewives, I mean, what, what do you do? I know, I think there's been instances where, uh, you know, they've gone in, in the home and the bear's been jumping on the bed or, you know, <laughs> so, there's a lot of second homes here too. So mm -hmm. sometimes a bear will kind of take up residence in these homes and, it's been in there for a day or two and just wreaked total havoc and no one has known until the neighbor or property manager happens to see it. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of creating a safe egress and getting out of the way. Um, and more or less that just takes a little bit of noise and uh, quick movements. Not using yourself as bait or anything like exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. None of that. Yeah. So, so what's, what's the best part of being, being an animal rescue and, and, and doing that? You know, I think for me, it's kind of this idea of uh, protecting this, that special aspect of this place, the fact that we have so much wildlife here. Um, and the pressures of recreation, the pressures of development are, are high and have only gotten higher in recent years. So it's really important for me to kind of preserve that and be able to pass it on to, you know, future generations and for people to really revel in that aspect of this community that we have such great wildlife in protect and educate. We do, I, I, I saw a little weasel running around yeah. <laughs> earlier today. I mean, there, there is such great wildlife up here and appreciate you protecting that. What do you find to be the most misunderstood thing about being in, in law enforcement and animal services? Gosh, that is a really good question. Um, you know, I think especially in, in today's society, uh, it's pretty easy to misunderstand law enforcement and I think the more I work with my coworkers, the more respect I have for the things that they deal with on a daily basis and how diverse of a role they play in the community and kind of some of the things that are demanded of them that no one would typically think of, you know, they're kind of, kind of the boots on the ground for anything and everything in the community. And, um, I think it's really important for our, our officers up here to be well connected to the community and, um, you know, just take care of the people. So 
Well, I mean, and to your point, you 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 grew up here in Snowmass, yeah. and you came back back to Snowmass, and this is where you you decided to to make call home. Yeah. And so, what a wonderful thing to to still really be part of that. Yeah. So, what would you tell someone who was interested in, in going into your line of work, really, in this kind of branch of animal rescue? And again, we talk about the fact that what you're doing up here in Colorado, and it, it's more rural up here, is very different than than what someone might be doing doing in Dallas. So, sure. what would you tell them about that? For sure, I think. Um, it's, it's really great to kind of be the voice of the animals, um, regardless of this position in different locations. I think at the end of the day, that's kind of all you're doing. Um, you're just advocating for both the domestic animals and the wildlife and making sure that, um, they're, they're being taken care of and getting what they need. So, so what? What are a couple of the craziest experiences you've dealt with, whether it's showing up at a house with a bear that's, like I said, drinking an IPA, eating some Haagen-Dazs, watching bad TV, <laughs> or, or, or maybe it's a mountain lion that's doing so. What are, what are the craziest things that you've seen? Gosh, you know, <laughs> luckily I haven't seen anything too terribly crazy. Okay. Um, I think in terms of bear misbehavior, it would be that, just bears getting into homes. Um, and yeah. Gosh, pretty boring. Tina, <laughs> no. Tina may have some some better stories in her twenty five years, but no, no. I mean, absolutely. But you know, like I said, you you've seen seen some weird things. Yeah. Is there an animal rescue story that maybe you've gotten to be a part of that that really kind of touched your heart, that kind of sticks with you as being one that that you're not going to forget anytime soon? Yeah, I think just connecting with some of these community members over maybe even the loss of a dog. You know, unfortunately had a couple dogs get hit by cars and just being that presence there for those people when when they need it the most and helping them take that next step when they when they can't really see what might be next um and then working with some of the the spring wildlife you know the deer fawns and elk and um every year kind of mid-june we get several calls a day about deer fawn being born and Aww. people are so worried about them because their moms leave them and go off to feed so that they can have enough calories to nurse them and people are so worried about them, but it's totally natural and it just so happens that it's in people's backyards. So, so if you see the baby deer, leave the baby deer for a little while, keep for an eye sure. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of some of those more touching moments where you get to see these young little things in their first days. Um, people also call us if there's like an injured raptor and it's pretty neat to get hands on with those birds and pass them on to the wildlife rehab center and yeah. Well, and in your time with, with Snowmass Ski Patrol, you were probably de dealing with a different kind of animal, more human animals that way. Sure. Uh, sure. So, so talk to me about what it was like being part of Ski Patrol. I mean, we've seen the movies and it looks really cool. Yeah. Personally, I've had a couple of ski injuries and had to be helped by Ski Patrol, so thank you. Uh, but, but tell me a little bit about your time with Ski Patrol. Yeah, gosh, Ski Patrolling is about the best job in the world. It's so fun. You get to hang out with all your friends and, uh, you know, kind of live your passion. Um, but it's so rewarding to be able to help people that wouldn't otherwise be able to get off the hill or, you know, even just those contacts where someone needs a little bit of help finding the right trail. Um, yeah, it's, it's an awesome environment to be part of. And, um, I really love being a first responder in that regard and, uh, responding to some of those medical and trauma calls and, um, yeah, it's really rewarding. Well, because I imagine you're just skiing down a run, having a good yeah. time, and then you get a call on your walkie-talkie, and you've got to get halfway across the mountain to, to help someone. And Totally. 
and they're cold and they're scared and yeah. you show up. Yeah. And they really need us to get off the hill, you know, and then put them in a toboggan and take them down. And sometimes they look at me like, you, can you drive this thing? Are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, I gotcha. It's all good. That, that, and it does sound like a cool job. You get to pay to hang out and ski and, and yeah. you get to help people. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, one of the things we mentioned that, that you enjoy helping people with a nonprofit that, that is near and dear to your heart and you're really involved with, with Snowmass Patrol Foundation. Tell me a little bit about that and what you all do. Sure. Thanks for asking. Yeah, the Snowmass Patrol Foundation, we started within the Snowmass Patrol um, just to be able to give back kind of some of these great things that we get from our lifestyle. Um, and we raise money primarily through selling our merchandise and then couple of fundraisers we have a ski school versus patrol hockey game um <laughs> who wins in that you know i think we've had two and it's a tie okay at this point this year is the, the yeah tiebreakers this exactly. year exactly <laughs> it, get, it gets pretty intense building up to that and then we have a golf tournament fundraiser um so we kind of leave it up to the patrollers themselves to you know nominate causes um, that they would like to see have a little bit of extra funds or family that might need help with medical bills or yeah, it's great to be able to give back locally. That is wonderful. And yeah. I mean, you really, you have the spirit that is important and it's a passion for giving back and a passion for helping animals. So tell me about kind of where, where that comes from for you. You know, that's a really good question. I'm not sure that I can pinpoint any specific thing or person in my life, but I think there's just something innate about helping people. And if you can do that for your job, then why not? <laughs> well, so, so how, how would someone go into to, to getting this kind of position if they always said, hey, I want to help animals and I want to be in law enforcement? How would how would they do this? Because you said you went to college and we were in Jackson Hole for a while. So yeah. talk to me about the background someone needs for that. Yeah. Gosh, I really didn't have too much of a specific animal background. Um, I definitely had a fair amount of kind of natural resource education jobs, um, mm -hmm. teaching kids about, you know, aquatic insects and um, working at the, um, at the Teton Science School up in Jackson Hole doing AmeriCorps. And um, I think just kind of falls in line with that idea of natural resources and uh, making sure that people know what they're surrounded with in these places and can really value it. And that makes it that much easier to protect it. So I think I would advise someone that's interested to just get out there and get your hands in with some animals and maybe volunteer at a vet clinic or a wildlife rehab center, or even just having your own domestic pets. You really learn so much about animal behavior and handling and um, just kind of the joy that animals bring to our lives. So they do. We, we have a little yeah. dog. He, he just turned 18. So I fully oh, wow. understand. That's yes. He's, he, he's here with us. Uh, <laughs> oh. um, yes. It, lo love, love, love the, those little animals. But you mentioned that you also had spent some time in AmeriCorps. So tell yeah. me ab about your experience there with AmeriCorps. I mean, that, that obviously is, is a great, great wave that people a lot of times give back. Yeah, it was awesome. I was that couple years I was up in Jackson Hole and there's a great organization called the Teton Science School. Um, and they do, their focus is kind of place-based education. They also do have a private school up there and a graduate school. Um, and I think their whole concept is, yeah, just getting to know the natural environment um, and sharing that knowledge and kind of creating this ethic of, um, you know, stewardship. So AmeriCorps does a role every summer up there where they bring in uh, volunteers to teach for their summer programming. So we kind of got to overlap with some of those graduate students and 
work with them and put together some pretty great curriculum. Absolutely. AmeriCorps does, does such great work. And yeah. you, you've helped a lot of people in, in your time already. And I know you'll no, be helping lots of that. people, lots of animals <laughs> in the future. But who are three people who've really helped you and made a difference for you? Gosh, I would say my parents, because they've enabled me to get where I am today just by being supportive throughout everything. Um, and then I think with this role in particular, my work partner, Tina White, who, you know, trained me and has guided me through everything. Even today, I'll call her and be like, what do I do about this? You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of gratitude to those guys for getting me where I am. So what's next for you? You've been with the department just a couple of years. Uh, you, you're going to keep stay with Snowmass and what, what are, what are your future plans? I think so. I think Tina and Lori who had this role before me worked so hard to kind of develop this program and um, it's an honor for me to kind of carry that torch and keep it going and see how we can evolve it as the community changes, as more people come here and um, it develops. And I think it's extra important to make sure that people come to this place, know how lucky they are to be surrounded by the things that we have here, the natural amenities. Yes. I mean, in, in Colorado, it is so beautiful and Snowmass in particular is just tremendous. So. When, when, what is the most important thing you would tell people as they are interacting with wildlife, be it seeing elks that are, you know, passing through or seeing deer as you drive around the side of the road or, oh my goodness, there's a bear in my yard. What is the most important thing you'd tell people? I think most importantly is to keep a safe distance because A, you don't want to harass the animal and B, you want to protect yourself. And I think distance is the key there um, and not not disturbing them to the point that they're having to alter their behavior in any way. So I think that's kind of the main takeaway. <laughs> don't bother the animals. Don't yeah. feed the animals. Don't bother them. Let them be. Exactly. You can take pictures, but leave them alone. Exactly. Got it. All right. So if you could step into my shoes and ask me a question that I haven't asked yet, what, what would that be for you? Gosh, I would ask you kind of what your professional goals are with this nonprofit and kind of, um, What's your favorite part of the work you do? Oh, my, my favorite part with the Dickey Foundation, I, I love that I get to help people. Um, yeah. It's very similar to kind of what you're talking about. We get to help first responders, be it providing um, safety equipment for law enforcement, be it providing new firefighting suits for firefighters, whether it's providing that critical equipment uh, for water rescues that, that volunteer firefighters at EMS might need. So for me, I, I love that we get to help people. And it's yeah. it's kind of similar, you're talking about helping people, helping animals to me, that that's a really, um, that's a really important thing to me. And I, I love that we get to do that on, on a regular basis. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the, at the end of the, each of these, we, we like to go into our lightning round. I know you're familiar with Dickie's sausages. Yeah. Your fan of favorite jalapeno cheddar, I think. Yeah. I can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Go into our lighting round. I'm going to give you two choices and you're going to give me your favorite. Okay. All right. Barbecue beans or jalapeno beans? Jalapeno. Sweet or unsweet tea? Unsweet. See, we're in, you know we're in Colorado when people say <laughs> unsweet tea. All right. Chopped brisket or sliced brisket? Sliced. Sauce or no sauce? Sauce, for sure. Okay. Brisket or pulled pork? Ooh, I could go 50-50, but probably pulled pork. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, ribs or wings? 
lately more of a wing person. All right. We like the wings. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. My guest today has been Lauren Martinson with Animal Services with the town of Snowmass Village in Colorado. Thank you so much for all you do for your community, for the animals, and for just keeping it beautiful and safe up here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Betsy. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It was great that we could share our stories with you. If you want more information about the Dickey Foundation, feel free to visit thedickeyfoundation.org. And if you want more information about some of our great owners and the great stories they're doing, please visit dickies.com. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll continue sharing the good stories of good people doing good things in our community.